0: You are listening to Forging Employee Experience. I am Josh joined here by Alexander Noren. How are you? Doing really great. Super excited for this podcast. Just ready to dive into the topic of conversation today. This is Tamara Chandler joining us today. We have worked
1: very hard to get her on the show, and we're finally here. Tamara, how are you? I am absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank well, you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. We were privileged to have met
0: Tamra mm-hmm. in person. I will never forget your, your beautiful red glasses that you were wearing that day. <laughs> <be> very striking. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit more about Tamra. <laughs> Tamra is CEO and founder of People Firm, which by the way, is listed as one of America's best management consulting firms by Forbes magazine. She is an author of two books, one which is launching very soon called Feedback, and other dirty words. Ooh, what an amazing title! <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy. For it. <laughs> Just give us a little teaser, Tamara. Like tease at us a little bit. What is this book about?
1: Well, guess what? It's about feedback. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you <Surprise>. know the <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, the the thing about it is, I've been doing work, you know, with organizations globally for years, and in the past several years, we've been doing a lot of performance management work. And while we create solutions that are unique to every single organization, um, because that's a part of our philosophy that your solution should be customized to you and your people and your culture and your strategy, no matter what the what the overall solution is, we always have an element of the solution around creating, a culture of feedback or how do we improve the way that we have conversational feedback happening? How are we helping each other grow and thrive? And as we, as we've been doing this work and and getting into it, what we realized is this feedback is broken. It's like it has a horrible reputation. It has a bad brand. The way we do it just simply doesn't work. Mm. And honestly we trained people in the wrong way to do it for years. So we have a lot of undoing to do, and we have uh, we have to kind of wipe the slate clean and start with a fresh start on. we So we redefine feedback, we come at it with a very fresh perspective, we talk about what healthy, positive, growth-oriented, that doesn't mean that it, it isn't constructive at times, but growth-oriented feedback looks like, and we give the reader very simple, actionable, tips and tricks approaches techniques way to move forward with feedback that we hope will kind of change the world
0: i think everyone not just corporations or organizations needs this book yeah. it is such a fantastic thought because you're right when we hear the word feedback there are no positive feelings that no, come to mind josh i've been telling you. <laughs>
2: I've better for a long time. And I now. Just, just throw things. I, I can't. can't trust. So hopefully you'll read the book, <laughs> and uh, we'll all be <laughs> better.
0: But you're absolutely right. And I love the approach because it seems very approachable, right? Feedback and other dirty words. You know, like we're we're taking the the dirty out of it, and we're making it a, a positive and forward thinking thing. So, mm-hmm. so on this podcast, we talk a lot about employee engagement. How will improving feedback change employee engagement? <laughs>
1: I actually think if there's one thing, if I could speak to all the HR leaders out there who are trying to figure out how do we increase the performance of our organization? How do we increase the experience and the engagement of our people? The number one thing that you can do is fix feedback in your organization. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because we as humans, we all perform a heck of a lot better when we can operate in an environment where we feel like it's safe, I can be authentic, I can recognize that I'm not perfect, that I have growth to do, and I can have conversations about that growth that doesn't hurt, that helps. And so, so there's that element of it. We, we do our best work when we can operate in that kind of environment and most of us sadly today don't have that kind of environment Mm. then if you think about just what people want right like if you go i don't care what data you pull pull you know go with daniel pink's autonomy mastery and purpose right if we want autonomy and mastery the only way that we can get that is if people help us grow and truly recognize our strengths what's getting in our way how we how we build more on that strength, how we build new skills and grow. And that is how we gain autonomy and mastery. You can't do it alone. Um, Mm. And so we have to sort of surround each other. And so if we create a healthy feedback experience, we can address those needs for mastery and autonomy. The other thing we know is people, you know, talk about purpose. People really, really want to be connected to something that's meaningful. That drives a huge amount of engagement. That means I will show up and go the extra distance if I know the work I'm doing is connected to something that's bigger than me. Mm. And again, through feedback, we can really help people tune into that purpose and understand their contributions and their strengths and the work that they can do that really does have meaning and helps drive the organization towards it. So I, you know, you can come at any engagement angle you want and I can tie it back to, wow, if you had a really healthy feedback environment, we can move the needle on engagement.
2: That's I, I love that because it really speaks to this. I, I love the phrase, you know, we can't do it alone. I, I think of, you know, the, the folks that try to do it alone, you just miss out on that. The, the feedback gives you, advantages it saves you time it, it lets you have opportunities to learn and to grow so much right. faster than like if you did it on your own you, you might reach you know x right. but if you have feedback and if you can if you can foster that growth and it's x times 10
0: right mm-hmm.
1: and yeah if, can i ask you guys a question
0: please Ooh, here we go well, it depends so on can the question
1: you, can, yeah. <laughs> I thinking, in mind. can either of you or both of you think of a time when someone told you something that kind of blew your mind or changed your life or made you see yourself in a different way. Can you think of something that someone shared with you?
0: Yes. I I have one very specific example that comes to mind. Uh, I I was in the eighth grade and I was just a very rambunctious ADD child. You know, I couldn't sit still very well. And I always thought I was just the class clown and that no one really cared about me. And, And one day, uh, One of my teachers pulled me aside and he opened up one of his drawers that had a bunch of candy bars in there. And he said, pick one. I said, why? I usually talk to teachers. I'm in trouble if I'm talking to a teacher. Why why are you helping me? (laughs) He said, it's because I see that you're a natural leader among your friends. And I see so much positivity that you could use with it. And and that was just a a turning point in my life because I never, Mm. ever considered myself a leader until that point. And I was like, oh, maybe I can be better.
2: Oh, that's a beautiful one! Wow, got So I, I got to top that one up. One up that, Alexander. <laughs> oh well, there's one time my mom said I was special. Um, <laughs> that was meaningful. Um, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, here, here's what I got for you. Here's what I got for you. It's, it's probably not as good, but um, uh, there was a uh, <clears throat> there was an altercation uh, between myself and another boy in uh, eighth grade, seventh grade, seventh grade uh, at basketball tryouts and um it it it, it involves some physical um you know elements to the altercation but uh, <laughs> I, I i made i made a i made a good decision uh in in the moment that that escalated the situation um and it, it i i you know in, in my, i as as it turns out i you know i i made it i made a good decision and it and it made the it made the the confrontation much less uh intense than it than it would have you know escalated to continue on to be uh, and then, and, and so, but, but still though, you know, I felt like, man, I really blew it. You know, my, no one was very happy about the, the event uh, to, that it transpired to begin with. Uh, but then I, I had a, um, I had, it was one of my teachers as well. She, she pulled me aside and said, you know, Alexander, you're an incredible young man. And I thought from that point forward you know what, as long as I'm trying to make the right decisions, even though in the, in the overall context, yeah, that, that decision was probably something I could have avoided by making more mature uh, it, you know, decisions in advance to avoid the conflict altogether. But for a seventh grader, she was saying, you know what? you did great. All things considered, you did a good job. And I've always tried right. to remember that as an idea of, hey, you know what, as long as we're trying to do the best we can, we're, we're doing good. And this
0: set us both right. on a path that brought us together, and
2: here we are. Here
0: in a podcast. We could have been in jail, but yeah, <laughs> I'm here with, with you, Tamara. So, so I'm just very curious about what your your learning yeah. outcome is here for us. Right. Well, <laughs> actually,
2: Tamara, we can't let you off the hook. Josh and I have now poured our souls out. Uh, what <laughs> do you have an example to, to share, Then we can all connect each other together?
1: <laughs> like, I do. I have I have several that you know. As I was writing the book, it really made me ponder. But mm-hmm. one that I think is really interesting is. Um, I, prior to founding people firm, I was, uh, I was uh, sort of had this weird job at Hitachi consulting. I was sort of the chief people officer and I was sort of the chief strategy officer. And those two things sort of collided in that I was doing some strategic work and helping us as a smaller consultancy, figure out how we were going to have a point of view that was different in the markets than the Deloitte's and the Accenture's of the world. Um, and, and, So we, we, Marcus, who was working with me at the time, we'd come up with these, what we called eight themes that we thought we should be out forward in the market with to differentiate Hitachi Consulting. And one of those themes at the time I was calling Workforce Transformation, and it was me having worn my chief people officer hat and seeing how much the world was changing in the way that we think about motivating and growing people and seeing all the new tools that were starting to come out. This is like 2008, uh, 2007 and and looking at the demographic shifts that were happening and i just saw this huge collision of wow there's this need to be have strategic consultancy in this world of talent people and organization so one of the themes we put forward was this workforce transformation and i was just kind of gaga for it but i hadn't really tuned in it was it's just part of the work i was doing and I had, uh, I had different people working on these eight themes, and I was leading the one on workforce transformation, and I had pulled people in to help me brainstorm what we thought this was going to look like and what our services were going to be. And at the end of a meeting, um, one of my colleagues, she knew me quite well, she just she literally she's like throwing her stuff in her bag, you know, packing up. She looks across the table at me, and she says, I haven't seen you this excited about something in years. Mm. And that's all she said. And she walked out the door, and I thought, wow. What did that mean? And then, you know, I thought about it for a week, and then I started thinking more about it. And then I kind of double checked it with other people and I started going, I think this is telling me something. Mm. And it was really that one little comment that led me to say, you know what, I kind of go I got to go build a consultancy that's going to do this work. And <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> most people say, "You know what? I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to go read a book or something. do something else." I'm, I'm Start <laughs> <by> a consultancy. <laughs> I'm <doing> yoga classes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So great. Uh, so here I am. So you were saying that got you here. Here I am. But you know, here's the thing about each of these things. What they are is they they represent what Laura and I in the book talk about. Feedback is feedback is that sudden in the moment very focused kind of aha that little bit of wisdom that's handed to you that you can then reflect on and that reflection is what's important like you guys both took those things in and you reflected on how does this mean I can show up in the future what does it mean about me that I've not seen before right and it's that Little small bit of wisdom that then you you are open enough to that you take in and you reflect on it and it can have a huge you know meaningful ways of changing our lives and you know and all the feedback isn't always going to redirect your whole life but even sometimes something small that's provided in the moment um, can really have a huge impact and I think we have defined feedback particularly because of this horrendous process we call the annual review we've defined feedback in this sort of big, heavy, you know, we're going to sit in a room. I'm going to put a box of Kleenexes in the middle of the table and we're going to talk about your strengths and then your list of weaknesses and the things you need to work on and the stuff that didn't go well. And it's going to be very backward looking and, we're, and you're going to have to defend your position. And that's all wrong. There's nothing about that that is helpful to anybody. Um, right. But if we redefine feedback as something that's light and focused, and as frequent as possible and in the moment and more often more positive than it is negative because again in all those situations that was positive feedback Mm -hmm. that was someone saying I see you in a a way you may not even see yourself and and that's what gets people you talk about engagement that's what engages people oh I can do that I can be that thing I can go that much further wow Yeah. yeah there's a lot of power in that uh, yeah,
0: I, I think that is extremely, extremely powerful. And, and so as we're reframing the word feedback here, I, I, I love something that you talked about in our interview with Jason Larson. it was um, where to begin, right? It's like, okay, we're, we're on board. We're, we're here with you. Feedback can be a very positive and very engaging thing. Where do we begin? And, and one thing that you told, it was, it was in the first minute of your interview, you said it all starts with strategy, uh, clear and compelling strategy. So maybe talk to us a little bit about if someone's trying to get started today by doing feedback right, what do we do?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I do, I do think everything starts with strategy. I think both at uh, organizational level, like what is it we're trying to do in the world and how do we connect people to that? and then also sort of the next tier below that is what is our people strategy how are we defining the employee experience that we want to create why are we making this a compelling place for people to come to stay and to do their best work and to me those are both strategy elements and you have to you have to do them thoughtfully i think unfortunately people strategy gets sort of a, it's almost by default or people just say oh i read an article that says we should do this now so Let's do that thing, and it's not a thoughtful choice that organizations are making to say what is, what really is the employee experience that we're going to have. And I think if you if you start there, then you can start to say, okay, well, if we do want to create a, a culture of innovation, if we do want to create a place where people, um, you know, uh, feel okay to fail or to try to stretch themselves, and it's okay if they don't get all the way there then you have to think about feedback in that lens, right? So how do we learn from that, but not penalize? How do we help and not hurt? And mm. so I do think it starts with strategy. Is that? Is I, that I you, also think, no, go ahead.
0: I, I just wanted to say, like, is, is this um, when you're going into organizations and you're consulting with them, is this kind of where you start? So you collect all the information yeah. that you can about, the, about the, the company, and then you say, all right, let's build a st- strategy, or let's look at your strategy and – and make it better?
1: It's a really good question. We, we have what we call we've over the, our birthday is on Sunday, by the way. So we'll be 11 on Sunday. And over, (laughs) thank you. Over our 11 years, um, which is short in some senses, but seems very long in others. Um, we've, we've really gotten very clear about what we call our high performance model. And we talk about the five rings of high performance, which are strategy, culture, structure, people, and work. And then we weave two ribbons through all those rings of leadership and change. And um, so when we go in to work with an organization, we start at that broad level, really regardless of what they've told us their challenge or need is. Because we really like to back up and say, help us understand what is your compelling purpose and vision and strategy and do your people understand it and do your leaders speak with one voice and do 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 people show up every day and do work that actually supports that because it's clear and they're connected to it. And then is culture tightly linked in the sense that you have a strong – a uh, culture that lets that strategy thrive, that lets your people thrive, um, lets your brand thrive, right? And then is your structure supporting it as well? And structure sits in the middle because we say, is it is it enabling your culture and your strategy and is it providing great work for your people? Um, and so, you know, we always, I always joke that structure can be used for good or evil. And so is your structure actually helping you achieve what you want to achieve and not getting in the way? And then, you know, in in the people ring, that's where you get into the engagement and your talent processes. And what are all the mechanisms you're using that are helping grow your people, helping connect them to the work that you're doing, ensuring that they've got the tools that they need to thrive and and advance within your organization. And then how is the work getting done? How are you collaborating, working together? So we we always step back and look at all of those, but I always start with strategy because well, number one, if you look at the data, it is the top driver of performance. So while everyone loves to say culture eats strategy for breakfast, it's the famous <laughs> quote that isn't necessarily <laughs> fully known to, to attribute it to. Um, but, uh, you know, I, always, I, I prefer Sean Parr's quote that he says, uh, culture is the environment in which your strategy and brand thrives or dies of slow death. I think that those two things need to be very connected, but you have to have a compelling strategy.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's great, and I'm I'm sitting here just weaving the we- the the ribbons through the rings right now. And, and as you're talking about it, such a cool model, and it's and it's so great. And I just want to, I'm sure all of these rings are interconnected. You know, they all work together. Uh, but and and I'm sure as you work on one there are improvements across the board. But as we as we drill into the people ring, we talk about engagement a little bit here. I, I feel like that's something right. that's, to me, it's still, compared to like everything else, it feels relatively new. You know, the, the thought of let's, work with our people, let's develop them, let's give them what they need, and, and really make a happy experience at work. Let's do that mm-hmm. and then we can start to see performance rise and uh, you know some of the retention issues start to resolve themselves a little bit. So, what are you right. seeing in these organizations when it comes to engagement, and, and, and maybe a big problem that we're
1: working to solve? Um. What do I see as a big problem? I I think the biggest problem is inertia. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I I think that, you know, there's no shortage of insights and science and research that tells us the better ways to do things. Um, But I still think there is a ton of inertia that prevents organizations from doing better things. Um, And I can particularly say that because, you know, I do a lot of work in this realm of performance management. And um, if you go back to 2015 and 2016, Josh Burson, for example, declared those would be the years that everyone would modernize their performance management process. And we saw, you know, Deloitte and Accenture and Microsoft and all these big organizations make big public announcements about that they were changing the way they were going to manage performance which most of them did. But if you actually dig into the data uh, and we've, this is one place where we've collected primary data. um, Still over 70% of organizations haven't done anything significantly different. And you know, and now it's 2020. So we're five, six years into this and we are still seeing a huge amount of inertia Mm. and And what happens in these situations, this is just one situation, right? But what happens is while we know there's better ways to do this, there's still so much fear of doing something that's different from what we've done for the past 50 years. And um, people are really reluctant to move forward. So you see, you know, newer companies like Google and and such who just started off with a different model. So it's already different. But companies who have lived with these old mechanisms and old thinking still really, really struggle. And it's a lot of it has to do with trust. Do I trust our employees to do this right? Do I trust our managers to make the right decisions? Um, You know, do I can I release my control and give more autonomy to the people in the organization to make the right decisions and do the right things? And, And I think that continues to get in our way
2: and and is that that lack of trust is that part of the component of, of fear that you discussed this this almost fear of change because i think about the folks that run these large organizations are very smart people right i mean they they are yep. they, they are smart people right. they are very good at what they do um you don't you don't fall into a leadership role at one of these organizations right so so that being said what is it that prevents these, these executives that are, that are you, like you said, this, uh, suffering from inertia, you know, they just can't break out of how right. things have always been done. Um, if to us that, that makes sense, right? It clicks with us. Yes, you have to, you have to do these things. What, what prevents that clicking for them? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think, I do think, Alexander, some of it is fear. Some of it is, well, what if we did this and it doesn't work or, you know. Because there's, there's a lot of
2: pressure to perform to sh- for shareholders. Right. And,
1: and- okay. yeah, there's all of that. And, you know, the natives take over the whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the fear is, but there's certainly fear. And and it's interesting to me, you know, like even when I was in a meeting this week with one of my clients and we were talking about more of a social recognition platform, you know, like mm-hmm. the Works human platform. and. Right people said, well, what if someone writes something horrible on there? I was like, are we really not going to do this because we think some rogue employee might write something bad? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we tend to fall back to these really exception based fears. And it's like, we can't, we can't do that. Like very, very similarly, we were working with a large healthcare organization and, and we were in our solution design again in performance management. We had, we had a idea that, um, this was a very, very mission-driven organization. And we said, we think everybody on their hang tag, because everybody wore a hang tag, should have just a little statement that is something that is their personal connection to the mission. Um, And again, people were like, well, what if someone put something really horrible on their badge? I was like, do you really think? Mm -hmm. Someone's going to put like something nasty on their badge and walk around with that? Really? And if they... Are are you going to keep them in your organization? Like I was like, right, right. Why are we having this conversation, right? But people immediately go to this sort of fear. We can't trust. You know, yeah, something to it, do it, something wrong. It sounds like they're un- <laughs> yeah. It
2: sounds like they're underestimating uh, people's ability to Humans. to be to, yeah to be good, right? I mean, I think it's like right. Because we do see, right, there's always, like you said, there's always the rogue employees that, that are going to do something dumb or whatever the case may be, or negative or hurtful because and, and, those people exist. But they're so far yeah. from the majority that it, it right. is silly to think, mm-hmm. oh, we can't progress because there might be somebody there out there that be. might do yeah. something that might, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. have a negative impact. Right.
0: Well, that, that right. makes me so think, I think that,
1: that's one thing. Oh, sorry.
0: No, go, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: As I was going to say, the other thing I think is uh, for a lot of executives, they are executives who rose to the top in those old systems. That's the other thing, right? Mm. So they kind of look at it and go, well, it worked for me, you know, and so why doesn't it work for everybody else? And I think there's still a lot of that that goes on too.
0: Yeah, and it kind of touches on a piece that um, I've been dying to ask you about because um, in the interview we asked, like, what is one thing that you would get rid of? And you being the feedback expert, and this is one of the rare moments that I've actually heard this before, is you said we have to get rid of anonymous feedback. Anonymous feedback is bad. And, and, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting because there are so many organizations that bank on the idea that, like, Employees aren't going to give us real answers, so if we make it anonymous, they'll be a little bit more willing to share with us, and then we can compile that data based on that anonymity. But uh, I would love to hear your take on
1: that. (laughs) I'm so glad that you said that, because when you said one thing, you'd get rid of them, I immediately went, anonymous 360s. My head goes there immediately, because (laughs) I (laughs) I just think they're vile. Um, And and again, you know, know. earlier you said said these people, you know, you said these leaders are smart people. I agree with you. They're smart people. And I think all the decisions that people have made have been with the best intentions, right? I mean, people have put anonymous 360s in with the best intentions of, hey, we really do want to hear from people. That's really what we're trying to do. But in the end, they become very gamified, very weaponized within a lot of organizations. That does become a platform that an angry employee can lash out. It, it doesn't provide, if you're the receiver of Anonymous 360, because you don't know the context, because you don't know the person, it doesn't help you grow. It usually either just makes you really mad, or you know, maybe it makes you feel good if it's just sort of, you know, generic positive statement, Mm. but it's not in context of something that I can learn from. And so most of the time, I think anonymous 360s, the people that receive them spend their time trying to figure out who said what. Gosh, Mm. this statement's interesting. Who said that? I wonder why they said that, you know, and, and a whole lot of negative energy goes into that versus if if we had trust and we had built relationships where we could talk to somebody, if somebody put something in that anonymous 360 that could help me, gosh, I would love to have an environment, a culture that was safe enough for them to pull me aside and say, you know, here's what I've been watching. Uh, here's what I've been noticing. Cause I've been kind of watching you. And I think that there's an opportunity for you to be so much stronger. If you dot, dot, dot. Right. And I just, mm. I just think there is, That type of feedback is is so much more valuable than an anonymous 360 and all the effort, we, you know, the money we spend on them, the effort we put into administering them, distributing them, um, you know, and then where they're really, really bad is when that data gets pumped into a performance management tool set that then we are making pay decisions or bonus decisions on it.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, thank you so much for clarifying. That makes so much sense. And I, I am 100% on board, you know, it's sometimes like, like you said, when you're giving feedback, we need a lot of positivity there, more positivity than negativity so that we can um, feel good and, and grow past it. And it's so easy to get stuck on that one comment, that one thing that the right. person said, we don't even know who it is, but we're speculating that Sally over there probably said it because she doesn't like me, you know, and, and all of a sudden we just create this right. distrust in, in the workplace and, and this is and all thank bad. you. This has been amazing. Yeah. And, and and we're starting to wrap things up here, but as we, um as we begin to close here, I would just like to ask, what what is something practical that we can have our listeners start doing today? If they're hoping to build a better organization and implement better feedback, What what, what do you say would be a good starting point?
1: The absolute best starting point that each of us can do is to start seeking more feedback and seeking feedback in a very focused way. So, and I don't mean walk up to, you know, after this call, uh, you know, Josh, you asked Alexander, like, well, how did, how how'd I do mm. that? That, that's like this, that creates stress in Alexander because then he's like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for an <laughs> attaboy? <laughs> You know, attaboy? What, what do you want here? Right. I mean, but I mean, if I mean. you said, <laughs> if, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right, but Josh, if you said, hey, Alexander, I tried a new opening technique. What did you think of that? then he would say, you know, hey, that was great. I thought it was really energetic. Let's try it again, right? And so then you're learning from something. It's very focused. It's very specific. But you're starting to build a relationship of trust where you can, he knows, you know, you guys can continue to have that conversation. And so the way that we fix this is we build those trusted relationships. And the best way to start is by going out and speaking in a fo- with a focused ask because we are giving somebody the opportunity to share something with us that helps lower their fear because it's focused and they know they have permission and it lowers and it makes it much more likely that we'll take it in because we've asked for it. Mm.
0: That's that's so brilliant. Yeah. So simple. Being and, specific on the ass. And, and, I, <laughs> and I
2: love that because it, it helps, you know, it it balances the the responsibility, right? Because the feedback is, is a, it's a two-way thing. And if I'm expected, if I want to learn from feedback, I'm going to have to kind of take that into my own hands and, and put a little bit of effort instead of just saying, help me, we'll help you with what? Right. You know, and then, and then of course, right, the other side right. of that is managers exactly. and leaders, you know, doing their part as well. So that's awesome. Tamara, thank
1: you so much.
0: It's been a wonderful conversation, Tamara. Uh, what's the best way to keep in touch with you?
1: Well, anybody can email me directly um, at mtc.peoplefirm.com, and you can come in through our website at www.peoplefirm.com or link of any of those options. work. That's great. She's very
0: accessible. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We look forward to having conversations in the future. Thank you, guys. It was great. Thanks, Tamara.